0: Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. We'll get your Bible or your electronic device, if you would, and open to Matthew's Gospel, the sixth chapter. I'm going to begin an exciting new series of teachings that will certainly change your life. It's changing mine, so I'm excited about it. Matthew chapter 6, are you there? Verse number 31, we'll begin there and read to verse number 33. Are you ready? Let's begin. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall ye eat, or what shall ye drink, or whether withal shall ye be clothed? Verse 32, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to come together under your word. By your spirit, unify our hearts and minds. May your word be deposited and rooted in our heart to bring forth fruit for your glory. Anoint the speaker, the hearer, the listener to become the doer and the manifestation of this word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, may be seated. Excuse me. So I'm going to begin a series of messages on the economy of the kingdom. The economy of the kingdom, the economy of the kingdom. Jesus, we just read from Matthew, says not to be worried to the point that we say out of our mouth. Don't be worried about what you're going to eat, drink or how you're going to live to the point you begin to say it out of my mouth, out of your mouth, that's worry. How am I going to make it? How are we going to get by? Don't ever let it get to that point as a believer. Because if you do, it it suggests you don't understand the economy of the kingdom. And we've been doing a lot of talking about uh, what we say out of our mouth, and it's very, very important And so Jesus says, don't let your life get so bogged down in need that you begin to say out of your mouth, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Again, the mouth is the portal or the gateway to all we give and all we get. I'm going to say that again. Our mouths are the portal, the gateway to what comes into our lives and what leaves us so what we say impacts what comes and what we say impacts what goes so we have to be careful what we say out of our mouth particularly now in the context of this message or the series of messages when it comes to receiving from God's economy why again proverbs 18:21 makes it very clear don't need many more scriptures after this. Proverbs eighteen twenty one reads, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And he goes on to say, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. A man shall eat the good by the fruit of his own lips. So don't say you won't make it. Say we're going to make it. It may not look like it, but we're going to be okay. God is a good God. See, when we give our concerns to God, God then turns around, (laughs) and I'll explain how. He turns around and then releases out of his economy and sustains us. Say that again. When we pray and earnestly give our concerns to God, then he turns around and distributes to us out of his kingdom. But if we murmur and complain, he allows ruin to enter into our situation. That's what happened to Israel in the wood. They murmured and they complained and they were ruined. Many of them did not go into and receive The promise of God. So we cannot murmur. Someone say, I cannot murmur about God's kingdom. God is a provider. All right. So Psalm 37, 3. I'm going to I'm not going to go fast, but I want to get somewhere tonight. Psalm 37, 3. The Bible reads, trust in the Lord and do good so shalt thou dwell in the land or in the kingdom and be fed. I'm going to read that again. Trust in the Lord and do good. So will you live in the kingdom and verily you'll be fed. Why did I add that to this scripture? Because the, 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 the simple, plain truth about it is once we get saved, born again, born from above, And we are now children of God and we are part of the kingdom of God. We don't just live in this world. We live in God's kingdom. We now are kingdom citizens. So what do you think God would feel? What do you think he would see if you are now in his kingdom and you talking about you can't make it? So he says, trust in the Lord and do good and thou shalt dwell in the kingdom, which is the land. The land that we live in, spiritually speaking now, is the kingdom. We live in the realm of the kingdom. I'll explain that in a moment. We live in the kingdom of God now. Tell someone we are living in God's kingdom now. I'm not just in the world in Illinois or Wisconsin or Tennessee or Alabama. I'm, we are in the kingdom So we have to trust the king of the kingdom we live in. And we have to trust that he has an economy that will take care of me. And that will feed me and clothe me and heal me and all these things, because these are all things that are part of God's kingdom. And God has an economy like every nation, every country, every family. Matter of fact, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm going to come back and say it again Write this down. Even you, your home has a unique economy. Your home has an economy. And again, I'll explain that a little bit more later. I got to give you some more scripture. So let's look at Psalm 78 because I'm building a foundation here. Building a foundation. Psalm 78, verse 18. And they tempted God in their heart by asking for meat. See what happened? They opened their mouths in the wilderness, acting like God brought them out there to kill them. Te- no, don't tell nobody this. Write this down. Write this down. Right? God didn't save me to kill me. God didn't save me to make me broke. God didn't save me to make me sick. Remember, just real quick, when, whenever a country invades another country, and we'll just keep it biblical here. When Babylon invaded Israel, what did they get? They got the best and the brightest young men. Daniel was one of them. They didn't get broke, sick folk. No kingdom wants the worst of the people. They want the best of the people. If you're in the kingdom, tell somebody, I must be one of God's best then. Go ahead, stretch it. Amen. So in verse 18, Psalm 78, and they tempted God in their heart by asking, by opening their mouth and asking for meat. The Bible says, for their lust, verse 19. Yeah, they spoke against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? See what they said? They opened their mouths and act like God was going to take care of them. Verse 20: Behold, he smote the rock that waters gushed out, and the streams overflowed. Then they said, can he give bread also? Now you want bread and wine and. Can he provide flesh for his people? Verse 21. Therefore, the Lord heard this and was wroth. He was angry. So a fire was kindled against Jacob and anger also came up against Israel. Verse 22, because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. You need to understand that salvation of your soul is not just salvation of your soul, though you don't go to hell. It's salvation for your whole life. God is interested in your whole life. He wants to save you and rescue you and I our entire life. He wants to rescue your spirit, your soul, your mind, your emotions, your finances. He wants to rescue all of you. That's what it means to be saved. That's why you need to quit smoking cigarettes because he's trying to save your lungs. You won't let him know. So even after God did these miracles for Israel in Egypt, even after God destroyed Egypt's army, after God rained down manna from heaven, quail from the sky. And matter of fact, watch this. The, the quail fell in their camps. They didn't even have to get them to get it. It fell in the camp. And you don't know that's God taking care of you. Jesus says, Our Heavenly Father knows what we need before we ask him. So then we need to be careful what we say then, don't we? Because it isn't like God doesn't know what we need. I'm helping some people here. The quail fell into God's people's camp. Because God, in his economy, made sure his people had enough to eat in the desert now I don't know but I don't think many of y'all live in the desert so if God can provide quail in the middle of nowhere you know he can provide for you and I right where we are So uh, another listen carefully, another another revelation in the fact that God rained down quail in their camp is this. There are some blessings you don't have to go look for. Write that down. I want you to get that in your heart. There's some blessings you don't have to go look for. In, In 2024, there's some things God's going to do supernaturally. You didn't even pray about it. He's going to bless you with it because this is how God's economy works, which is why we need to understand it. There's some blessings you don't have to look for. Let's say that together one time, ready? There are some blessings I'm not gonna have to look for. It's gonna show up in my life. It's going to appear on schedule. (laughs) Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. This is why God doesn't want us complaining about meat and drink. That's you don't understand the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not about meat and drink, but it's about righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness. Being right with God gives us peace, not only with God, but with our own selves and each other. And that peace produces a joy that's unspeakable. Do, do you all remember when you weren't saved, how messed up you were and frustrated and angry you were most of the time? You forgot, didn't you? I didn't. I, I, I got more peace than I've ever had. and I, I I'm, I'm not saying I don't have problems, but I got peace that goes beyond the problem because I had the peace before the problem. I got the peace during the problem and I know I'm going to have the peace after the problem. So I already got joy. So Jesus says, don't ask for food, clothing, shelter, seek righteousness. Seek peace, seek joy. That's the kingdom. That's when you'll know you're in my kingdom. You'll have a peace when the world is going crazy. People on your job will get mad because you ain't mad. <laughs> Second Corinthians 2 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always, somebody say always, always, always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge in every place. Jesus makes us <laughs> victorious in every situation. We always triumph. In God's economy, there is no lost battles. Always means all the time. (laughs) Here's a definition of a kingdom for you. A kingdom is a realm, territory, or region where kings rule over lands, territories, peoples, and resources. And they use the resources, the lands, the people, the territories, they use them to expand the kingdom. Every king has a kingdom, which is a realm. That's full of resources, people, gold, silver, cattle, sheep, horses. All of those things are used by the king to expand his kingdom. If you know anything about the feudal times when there were kings, um, uh, kings, they had lords and, and, and they had people that were landowners and they owned castles, and they had, they had armies. Well, it, it, the king has enough sense to know. In order for this Lord to support me and fight against other kings, he has to have a big army. Well, he can't have a big army if he don't have enough to feed him. So he got to have plenty cows. You got to have plenty servants. So, so it, it would behoove the king for his people to prosper. Tell somebody, my king wants me to prosper because I have kingdom building to do. So, so the king's economy has to be good if he's going to stay king. I mean, we we got military and ex-military in here. The reason America is, is, is in the position it's in because we have a strong military. And the reason we have a strong military is because they keep going in our pockets with tax money. I'm just looking straight ahead. I ain't looking at nobody. You know, you know, commander. I mean, um, so so. So, 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 so a strong military comes from resources. And, and, and some countries, man, I don't know, I didn't mean to get into this. Some countries that are landlocked by mountains don't have a lot of resources. See, America is blessed because of the landmass we have, number one. Number two, it's, prote- it's surrounded by water and mountains. And number three, we have a lot of farmland that we can grow crops to feed the people that become the, the, the soldiers and, and the sailors and so on and so forth. And so there are some countries that are landlocked so they don't have the resources. The only way they can do it is take somebody else's land. Take someone else's resources so they can, they can feed their people. But see, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness. You better hear what I'm saying. I'm getting too excited. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God owns everything. So you got to know in his economy, there's nothing that you can't have. Whatever is needed to build his kingdom, you need to understand it's coming into your life it doesn't matter where it's at in the world because God owns the whole world. So again, every kingdom, nation, city, and family has their own economy. Now as God gets ready to supernaturally bless somebody, only one or two amens. Okay, let me say it again. Maybe you, As God gets ready to supernaturally bestow finances on many of you you need to understand that you need to understand your own economy (laughs) I'll talk about that a little bit more to make that clear see in an economy is the production of goods the creation of wealth and the distribution of resources but if there's also what is needed called the management of the economic activity in other words when you have monies coming in it needs to be allocated for certain things that are very important and you have to know how to administer that in order to have a wise economy to where you can meet all your needs the kingdom of God is unstoppable the kingdom of God is undefeated the kingdom of God is also eternal which makes us citizens eternal which is also what makes us more than conquerors because if and it is our king and kingdom is eternal and i'm in an eternal kingdom i cannot be defeated i've already won because no other kingdom can outlast my kingdom so you've already won you 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 need to understand you've already won because no king or kingdom is better than your king and your kingdom That's why Jesus Christ always causes us to triumph. Because nobody's bad enough to defeat him. <laughs> Hebrews 3, starting at verse number 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, <laughs> consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him. Somebody say he was faithful. Remember that, write that down. He was faithful to him who appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. Check out the verbiage, don't miss it. Verse 3 For this man, Jesus, was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house has more honor than the house. Verse 4 Every house, every economy is built by somebody. <laughs> but he that built all economies is God. God built your economy. Come on, somebody. God has divvied out to you how much money you make. If you want him to give you more, then you got to be more responsible for what you have and take what you have and build the kingdom. That's how it works. Verse five, Moses Verily or truly was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. Verse six. But Christ as the son over his own house. Whose house we are. If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto The end. What what does all that mean? It's Elizabethan English and we read it and I really get all that, Bishop. You know, help me. That's why I'm here. We are partners, partakers. That means we're partners in the heavenly calling that the father called Jesus to. We get to sit in Jesus throne like Jesus said, I get to sit in my father's throne. That's the heavenly calling, the upward calling. We are upwardly mobile people. Okay. But he says we must keep our eyes on Jesus, who is what the apostle and high priest of our profession. (laughs) Since Jesus is faithful in his house, like and he gives the example of Moses, who was faithful in his house. Okay, what does that mean? Moses was faithful in his house. When God called Moses, Moses answered and followed God back to Egypt. God gave Moses the Torah or the word, the Ten Commandments, and Moses taught the people what God wanted them to know. Before they went into the promised land, he taught them what God's economy was, how God operated, how God functioned, how they were to operate, how they were to treat each other. He said, I'm going to put you in a land that flows with milk and honey. The rain is going to fall when it's supposed to. You're not going to have to water with your foot. That's irrigation. God says every season is going to be productive because I need you to be a productive people so you can build my kingdom. So Moses was faithful. Watch this. Here's the word as an administrator over Israel. If they listened to Moses, they prospered. Go to Deuteronomy 28. God says through Moses, "Um, all these blessings are come upon you if you keep my word. And God says, blessed you be in the city. He gives all these verses of blessings. But then he says, but if you disobey, you'll mess your economy up. The economy only gets messed up when we mess it up. If your if your personal home economy is messed up, it's not God's fault. You stop obeying the word concerning how you are to live in the kingdom. And it began to impact your economy. So Jesus is our faithful high priest. High priest is one. You've heard me talk about this. They have one hand to God and they have the other hand to the people. And they're trying to pull God and the people together. (laughs) He's called the apostle and high priest. He is the delegate. He's the sent one. That's what an apostle is, a sent one. Jesus was sent here to establish his kingdom and a new economy. So he is an ambassador from another place, another realm that came into our realm. And now all of us are that are followers of Christ. We're also now ambassadors. This is why you got to get your stuff together so when you go to somebody else, you can help them get their stuff together. You're not coming with your plan. You're not coming with your ideas. You're coming with God's plan and his ideas. That's what made Moses faithful because Moses didn't come with his own words and his own ideas. He came with God's words and God's ideas. That's what made him a faithful servant. So, in our homes, again, we need to establish the economy of God. And it's not enough, please hear me. Somebody say, listen to the bishop tonight. It's not enough for the parents to go to church. You got to teach your children the things of the Lord, else, the economy in your house will still be jacked up. And you already know how, because you didn't teach them to live right. They, they, they borrowing money. They stealing money. They in and out of jail. You keep spending money on them because they in trouble. Stuff keep breaking, wearing out. That's because you ain't taught them how to live the way God told them how to live. You can't just do it. They got to do it. Because it'll mess the economy of your house up. And then you'll be pretending like you got money you don't have because you're too embarrassed. Buying a new car because you're keeping up with the Joneses. And I don't know if it's the Joneses in the church tonight. I'm sure there probably is. So we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Tell somebody, keep your eyes on Jesus. He is the apostle and high priest of our profession. That word profession there means he is the one. Watch this now. He is the one that we make promises to and God watches over the promises we make. Do you know, and I know we, we're typically fasting this time of year, but you know, when we pray and fast, God listens to everything we say. And if it lines up with God, he says, Father, you heard what they asked. Would you please do it? That's what priests do. He has the highest office in the kingdom. Angels are called messengers. As a sent one, as an apostolic or a apostolic being or someone that functioned in the apostolic being, Jesus, he came with the greatest message from God ever, the gospel. (laughs) Jesus came with the gospel. And then as high priest, he pleads our call. Is your cause worthy of Jesus pleading to the Father? Is your case worthy to be brought up in the courts of heaven? Or is most of what you pray about complaining about what what other people have done to you? Or how it ain't fair that some people have this and that and you don't? It's quiet. Jesus is our mediator can he mediate what you speak out of your mouth he's our attorney can he plead your case or does he have to say no further questions I rest my case see the Bible says Just like Moses was faithful, Jesus is faithful. Moses was faithful to the word. Jesus is faithful to the father. Everything God told Moses to do, Moses did it. Everything the father asked Jesus to do, Jesus did it. So that's why the writer in Hebrews says he that built the house is worthy of more honor than the house. Jesus built the house with his own blood. Dying on the cross, you know what he did. He is the builder of the house we live in, the kingdom, which also is called the body of Christ, which is also called the church. So since Jesus is faithful over his house, that means he's not going to let his house be destroyed. Come on now, you take care of your house. You cut your grass, you paint your windows and you paint your you put new carpet. We take care of this house. So God's going to take care of your house. Tell somebody God's going to take care of my house because Jesus is faithful. You need to even get in your mind. Jesus will take care of this house, this physical house. He will heal your body. He will raise you up. He will touch you. He will strengthen you because your body is a part of God's economy. He can't get things done if everybody in the church is broke down, sick, and poor. So Jesus is faithful over his house in his official capacity as apostle and prophet and high priest, or apostle and high priest, rather. Jesus is worthy of more honor than Moses. Every house, every family is built by somebody. Again, this is why it's important for a man and a woman, born man, born woman, to come together and have children Because the man through his seed is the builder of the house. It continues to give us examples of the power of God as father. Because when we see fathers taking care of their children, they grow up in church realizing if my natural daddy could take care of me, I know my heavenly father will take care of me. Excuse me, but when children struggle to see that in the church... Then they don't believe God can take care of them because my daddy walked around as a deacon and an elder and didn't take care of us. He was a pastor and he wasn't he was no good. So, how are they going to believe that God can be faithful? How can they understand the economy of God when their economy was so jacked up in the house? It's all right anyway. Because every house, every family, is created equipped and furnished by somebody we got some great dads in this church that you have equipped your house you've equipped your children you furnish what they need you save money for their college they they understand provision you taught them what provision looked like they didn't know you were saving up they man we didn't know. I, I, I'm just ready to go. You said all that up while we was going on vacation and while I was eating ice cream and while you was buying me sneakers and I was playing football and I quit and wouldn't play track. And man, that's really something. Yes, God is providing for you even when you don't realize it, even when you don't understand how he's doing it. God has put things a store away for you. He's administrating and ready to distribute to you. You just got to know how it works. Acts chapter 7, verse number 37. This is that Moses, which said unto the children of Israel, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me, him you'll hear. Moses said, Jesus is coming hundreds of years before he came. He said, You're going to listen to him. Y'all murmured, complained, tried to get me killed, but you're going to listen to him. See, just like Moses was faithful enough to say everything God said. How many, of you, how many of you know someone that would say, I'm your boss, but a boss is coming better than me? Well, you'd be like, well, why don't you come on here? We're tired of you anyway. <laughs> but Moses was faithful because he didn't have any pride or selfish ambition. He told the people what God said, regardless of what they felt about him. That's when you're faithful. Jesus is faithful. He was wounded, he was beat, he was spit on, and he's God. But he did it for the economy of God. Why was he beaten? So we could be healed. So healing would be in the economy. Why why did he die on the cross? So eternal life could be in the economy. So we could have it. Everything he went through was so we could have the opposite. So that would be in the economy. So whatever you needed, it, it would be distributed to you. Come on, lift your hands. I don't know what you need right now but whatever you need it it can be distributed to you right now once you understand by faith you are in the kingdom of God and now his economy is stronger than any other economy you could ever be a part of God will always meet your need that's what he does that's why Jesus came and that's why he's faithful he's the faithful steward over his house that down you can put your hands down jesus is the great steward of the kingdom he's the great steward of the kingdom a steward by definition is a household manager <laughs> that's 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 the old terminology the steward was the household manager the owner the master of the house he, he, he didn't he didn't watch out for how many count how many sheep and goats and he didn't do that. The, the, the steward did. The, 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 the master of the house, he didn't pay the servants. The steward did. So the steward knew how much of everything was there. The steward knew who deserved what, who should get paid what. The steward knew that the steward administrated and distributed the goods to the servants. The master didn't do that. Jesus is the great steward. He's the great distributor. That's why he said, up to this point, you've asked nothing in my name. But from now on, whatever you want, I'm getting excited now. Ask in my name because I'm the distributor. Hallelujah. I'm the great steward of the household of faith. Whatever you need, ask me. Somebody need to just ask Jesus for something right now. Whatever it is, God, Jesus, touch me. Jesus, heal me. Jesus, bless me. Jesus, promote me. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, cleanse me. All that we need comes through Jesus, the steward of the kingdom. That's who he is. In Matthew 28, 18. I got a few more minutes. Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came after his resurrection and spake, saying, all power. This is going to mess you up. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Listen, say that with me. All power is given unto Jesus in heaven and earth. Say it again. All power has been given unto Jesus in heaven and in earth. What does that leave? Nothing. I'm glad you said that. Now watch this. Watch this. Since God has given all power over to Jesus because he was faithful to obey. Remember? (laughs) That means Jesus is the steward over everything in heaven and earth. All right. Let's go to John chapter eight. Verse number 44. Jesus says, "Ye are of your father, the devil and the and the lust of your father. You will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not abode not in the truth because there was no truth in him. Watch this now. When he speaks, he's lying. Let me just cut to the chase. As we go through all that other word, Jesus said, when he when he when when, when he's opened his mouth, he's lying. So this is where people run into where they want to challenge the legitimacy and the validity of the Bible, because those that maybe have memorized scripture, say, oh, but I remember the Bible says that Satan took Jesus up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, I'll give all these to you if you bow down and worship me. And see, some of us believe that because it was written and we read it. But it didn't say, and Jesus believed what he said. Because he's a liar. So all the kingdoms wasn't his. He's lying. He's telling you can't get promoted unless you do this. That's what the world will tell you. You can't have this unless you do that. Because it belongs to us. And and everybody else that ever got it did this, so you're going to have to do the same thing to get it. (laughs) But Jesus said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. So that means Jesus controls everything in heaven and everything in the earth. That's why he said, you've asked nothing in my name. Now you can, because I got all power over everything in heaven and in earth. Jesus controls everything. We know even in the scripture in 2 Corinthians, Four and four, says that Paul says this after the resurrection as well, after Jesus ascended, he calls Satan the little God or the God of this world. Hmm. So how do you reconcile that? Bishop, he's the God of this world, but he ain't the owner of it. He's only the God of this world because people worship him. But you can worship something that ain't got no power. Listen, just like when you were a little kid on the playground and there was a bully. Some of you have this similar experience where the bully would bully you and bully you and bully you until one of your friends or a big brother in my case said, you're going to have to fight them back. See, the devil is a bully. As long as he can take your lunch money. While you sing in the choir and ushering and working a camera, as long as he can take your lunch money, he wait to get off that camera. I'm going to get your money. <laughs> That's what he does. As the little G God of this world, he'll make you think he controls everything in it. But he doesn't. This is why we need to understand the economy of the kingdom. The devil don't control what God owns. That means he don't control you. Look at somebody just like, hmm. I know back in the 70s, Flip Wilson said the devil made me do it. That's Flip Wilson. See, I don't know that. That was Matthew 4, 8. The devil take him up a high, exceeding high mountain, showed him all the kings in the world. And said, if you fall down to worship me, I'll give you all this. Jesus didn't. It, it didn't say, and Jesus said, You got all you right, it is yours. It doesn't say that. Because he know he's a liar. You need to know when the devil is lying and tell somebody that's all every time he open his mouth. That's what Jesus said. When he speaks, he's lying. So since he said he owns everything, oh you don't because you said you do. So Jesus ultimately did not bow because he knew Satan was a liar. And he went on to be faithful, hear what I'm saying. He went on to be faithful, and he got everything God promised God's way. Did you hear what I said? Somebody needs to be patient and keep doing it God's way. It may not look like it's gonna happen for you. It may get harder while you do it God's way. You may get tired of doing it th- that way, but don't resist or excuse me, don't fall for the devil's lies. Excuse me, just like Jesus didn't. Eventually, he got everything the devil promised, but God gave it to him. Yeah. Yeah. So since Jesus has all authority, he has. All control. John three thirty-five. Another proof scripture, John three thirty five, The father loveth the son and hath given all things into his hands. All things leaves nothing out, right? So Jesus is the steward of the house. All things are in his hands. All things are under his control. He's the one that distributes and administers health, healing, the gifts of the spirit. Remember he... Led captivity, Ephesians 4, gave gifts, Jesus gives apostles. You can't make yourself an apostle. Jesus has got to give you an apostle. You can't make yourself a prophet. Jesus is the one that gives prophets. <laughs> see, 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 we got we gotta, we gotta keep our eyes on Jesus because he's the author and finisher. He's the one that starts everything and he wants the one that ends everything. We gotta look at Jesus. If Jesus isn't giving it, you shouldn't want it. Jesus, as steward, is the household manager. I'm going to say that as many times as I need to. Because all the resources, all the assets, all the benefits and the blessings of the kingdom are in his control. We cannot be blessed in the kingdom of God without Jesus. Jesus controls the economy of his kingdom. Write this down now. The Greek word for steward is oikonomos. Steward. You can write that down yourself, but here's oikonomos O I K O N O M O S. Oikonomos. Is it up there? Yeah, there it is. The Greek word oikonomos is the word steward, the household manager. Well, the word economy comes from the same Greek word, but it's oikonomia. That's the word economy. That's why a steward is one that manages the economy. <clears throat> Stewardship is management of the economy. Your house has an economy. We are in the beginning of the calendar year, the Gregorian calendar year, 2024. This is a perfect time for all of us to revisit our home economy. I typically do that every year. It's like, wait a minute, I'm going to switch over to this carrier because they got a better deal now. I can save $100 a month. Then I can go ahead and put that on this and do that and the other. That's what stewardship is all about. If you want God to keep blessing you, you got to think like that. Maybe, maybe it's something as small as, I keep going in the closet, moving these shoes out of the way, looking for, maybe I need to give these shoes away. I ain't never put them on. I just keep moving them out of the way. See there, see there, see there, see. He meddling, he's, he meddling. I'm preaching. I, I'm talking about stewardship. I'm preaching good. Don't be don't be hitting your cousin and your dog. See there, I ain't trying to start no problem in your house. You know, I got a little prophet in me, too. His name is Jesus. But these are things that that that. Help the economy in our house move forward. Because, see, how many of you know, you know, I I was in in the army. I was 76 while I was supplied. And uh, uh, that one of the first things you learn about supply is there first has to be a demand. Okay, if there's no demand, there's no need to supply or keep in stock what nobody wants. It's taking up space that you could use for something people want that you can make money. So what am I saying that if you got too much stuff in your house? God may not let you get no more stuff in your house because you ain't got nowhere to put it. Because what inevitably happens, and I'm just going to move on with this, but what inevitably happens is when you have too many things in your house, you eventually put some stuff just anywhere that it doesn't really belong and you wear it out and abuse it because you don't have the right storage for it. Okay, y'all ready? Y'all don't want me to deal with that. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. We're talking about stewardship. Don't you, don't you know God's about to abundantly bless you? Tell somebody. Don't you know God's about to abundantly bless you? And, and, and he's trying to get you to think differently about your stuff. That's his stuff. Oikonomos, steward. Oikonomia, economy. Write this down. An economy, I got to get ready to stop. An economy, again, is the production of goods. What do you produce for the kingdom of God? God's gifted you. you. You have some gift. What are you using to produce for the kingdom? What are you what are you doing that's adding to God's kingdom? That will determine if he adds to you. Even on your job, you can't just show up and do nothing and expect to keep getting paid. That may last, depending on how slick you are. <laughs> you know, depending on how slick a brother is, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that might last for a while, or sister. But pretty soon somebody's going to find out you ain't done nothing. And so they'll come and they'll, you know, they'll fire you. Remember the parable of the talents? Master gave one five and another one two, and he gave one person one. And the guy that he gave one didn't do anything. He buried it. Went play video games. Went to the Bears game, whatever. He didn't do anything with it. And the master came back and asked the guy with five. He said, I, man, I've been working. i double. He said, man, you awesome. 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 Went to the two. <clears throat> when he gave two, man, awesome. Awesome. Went to the guy, who gave one. He said, hey, hey, you know, I know you was a hard dude. You know, I know you man, the street. You know, let me stop doing that. So he said, I know you are a hard, a steward man. And <laughs> all my street people. So so he said, I knew you were a hard and steward man. He said, So I, you know, I didn't want to mess with you. I hid your talent. He said, Man, you lazy. You good for nothing. And what did he do? He took that talent and gave it to the one that had five. I don't want God to take any gift, any resource that He's given me away from me. When He shows up in my prayer time. I want to be able to say, I did something with what you gave me. I've been a steward. I've managed the spiritual economy or the economy of the kingdom. I've used my gifts. The best I knew how. This is what we have to do. My brothers and my sisters. Jesus has all authority. That means he has authority to take what someone else has and give it to another. And dare I say, amen. I believe prophetically we're in that season right now in the body of Christ. People that have not managed their ministries. You've been preaching but you've been living foul. You got hundreds of followers, thousands of people. Some of them folks going to leave you and go somewhere where there's a man and woman of God that is going to be faithful over your life preach the word to you, teach you how to live, save, gift you, just help you move forward. That's where God is right now. I don't know if you're paying attention to the Christian landscape. I'll talk about this, some of this in leadership, but you need to understand God is shaking everything that can be shaken. So only what can't be shaken will remain. And there's some shaky folk out here that's been to fall apart and they are. Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply. Isn't that something? That word is. My God shall administer, distribute. That's what supply does. All my need. You know, some of us (laughs) had to put together a toilet paper room during COVID because you kept being afraid that all the toilet paper was going to be gone. So you bought beaucoup of toilet paper to the point you had a special room. It was your toilet paper supply room. So you had an abundance of toilet paper. God has an abundance of everything. And when you run out, you shouldn't freak out because Jesus owns a cattle on a thousand hills and he don't eat beef. So when you begin to understand Jesus being faithful, a faithful steward over God's house, his kingdom, and he owns everything and has power over everything in heaven and in earth, then that means you're never out of anything. All you need to do is ask, seek, knock. You need to understand how to get from the kingdom of God what you need because it's there. Now, stand on your feet, please. I got to stop. It's 8 o'clock. And let me just drop this on you and we'll get to it as we continue to teach. Please stand if you can. And if I feel led to, I'll go over some of this again because it's just that important that you understand. But... Uh, since Jesus is the steward over everything in the kingdom everything in heaven and earth then we have a limitless supply of everything but now that we know that you need to know this the currency of the kingdom is faith don't clap write it down (laughs) make sure you remember it write it down faith is the currency of the kingdom because without faith it's impossible to please God because he that comes to God must believe that he is God and that he rewards I'm going to give you what you ask faith is the currency of the kingdom you must absolutely believe there's nothing too good for you. You must absolutely believe you are more than a conqueror. You must absolutely believe that Christ leads us in triumphant procession. He ain't lead me into a battle I'm gonna lose. He's not lead me to a dead end job. He's not lead me to a, a, a abusive wife. Yeah, I said wife. Why well, is beating even husbands too? They just ain't saying nothing. He's leading us into victory. But you got to believe that by faith, because it may look like defeat before it looks like victory. It may look like a dead end job before it blesses your socks off. Come on, bow your heads in this place. Jesus. Is the steward. Of the kingdom of God. Everything God has. He's put it in Jesus' hands and Jesus said, whatever you need, ask me. Ask me, because I distribute the goods. I'm the one that gives it to you, but it has to be done in faith. When Jesus was walking with his disciples and they were hungry, and he saw a fig tree with leaves that was fronting like it had fruit. And when he got to it and it had no fruit, Jesus cursed that fig tree and said, nobody eat fruit again from you forever. Why did he curse that fig tree? Because it had no fruit for the body, the body of Christ whatever is fruitless for the body, whatever won't nourish the body, whatever hurts the body of Christ will be cursed because the body of Christ is blessed. That's why there can be no fellowship, no connection, no yoking up with something that's not blessed because it brings ruin to you because God is not going to strengthen the hand of his enemies. God's not going to give you more money to buy more drugs and buy more clothes and buy stupid stuff and gamble and what. He ain't going to do that. But he will give you more money if you take care of the poor, the needy, the hungry, if you tithe and give offerings and you take care of the ministry that's blessing you. He will add to you. But it must be by faith, which means you're not going to always see the rational reason for doing what God says. It must be by faith in what he says, not what you feel or what some famous person said. It must be faith in his word. Father, tonight, I thank you for elevating our thinking because you're about to elevate our bank accounts. You're about to elevate the gift of God that you've given us, prophecy tongues. You're about to elevate these gifts that you've given us. The fruit of the spirit is going to grow in a kingdom understanding environment. The love of God is going to grow in this church. Peace of God is going to grow in the hearts of your people. It's going to transform families. The economy of homes is going to change. The, The relationship between fathers and mothers is going to change. It's going to be fruit in their home, fruit in their marriage, fruit everywhere, God, as your economy begins to explode in our lives. We won't fear what's going on in the American economy or the economy in Asia or the economy in Europe or the economy in Africa. We won't fear those economies because we know we are in your economy and it's an eternal economy because your kingdom is eternal. Thank you for this word tonight. The revelation and manifestation of it in Jesus name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link support our ministry your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward you can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information if you were blessed by this word please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family god bless you